What's up, everybody? I'm Sarah. I'm Shauna. I'm Sam. And I'm Bobby. And this is Speaking of Murders. everybody to another episode of Speaking of Murders and welcome to all the new listeners. Uh, before we get started on today's show, we have a little bit of business. Um, we have another show, Speaking of Missing Persons. If you haven't already, make sure you go check that out. It's a really good show. You'll like it. If you like this, you'll definitely like that. If you want to see photos associated with today's episode, you can find that on our socials. Those are linked in the episode notes and the show notes. We got Instagram, we got Facebook. We're posting pictures there. If you want to support the show, you like what we're doing, you want to help us out, we have our Patreon linked in there. Go ahead and subscribe to that. You get bonus episodes every other Saturday. So those are awesome. Those are fun. We just covered Ed Gein uh, recently, so make sure you get on there and check that out. And don't forget to uh, leave us five stars wherever you're listening. Leave a comment. Leave us five stars. Um, share it with your share the show, the episode with your family, your friends, your coworkers, whoever. If they like true crime. Send us their way. And uh, last but not least, if you have a case that you want to hear on the show, send that to our email, speakingofmurders at gmail.com. So today, Sean is going to be telling our murder. And who are we talking about today? A man named Peter Fabiano. Fabiano. It reminds me of Fabio. Does he look like Fabio? I have no idea. I never looked. <laughs> I, don't, okay. I don't just look for pictures. <laughs> I write the cases. I don't. She lets Sean, uh, Samantha do all the the pictures. Yeah, picture work. <laughs> I do. I do this. Okay. He does not. He does not look, look like Fabio. Like I'm lying. I did see a picture. I don't know who Fabio is. Oh. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> Fabio is she back. Did, by the she way, she didn't want to back? admit. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know Fabio ever went away. The dude's fabulous. <laughs> he He's, did go away, but he is back. He is Fabio. Fabio? Oh, yeah. They don't look that big alike. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> I mean, us. He's the guy on the cover of every romance novel ever yes, made. Yes. Fabio okay. in that his heyday. Yes. All right. Okay. Cool. So it, it did uh, Mr. Fabiano get murdered or do the murdering? He gets murdered. Okay. Well, tell us what. What happened? I'm curious. Uh, we're going to be in Los Angeles, California for this story. Okay. Uh, California, man. A lot of yeah. stuff happens in California. What is going on out there? Lots of people. Peter, who was 35 and an owner of a hair salon, died on Halloween night, 1957. He and his wife, Betty, had just went up to bed and... While they were laying there, the doorbell rang. This was at, like, 11 p.m. Peter went downstairs. He, like, quickly grabbed the candy bowl and answered the door, thinking that it was a late-night trick-or-treater. Not even a second later, Betty heard a deep voice and a loud pop. The noise was so loud, it woke up their daughter, Judy. Betty ran down the stairs to find Peter on the floor at the front door in his own blood. 
Judy immediately called, like, the neighbor who was a police officer, and he then called the police for her. At the Sun Valley Hospital is where Peter would actually die from a gunshot wound to the chest. And the only evidence at this crime scene was, or witness, I guess, was a teenager who had saw a car speeding away from the Fabiano house. They're, like, they didn't find a bullet casing or anything. Hmm, that's That's, weird. Yeah, that's really odd. It must have been a revolver. Well, or whoever shot him picked it up. I think it's a lot more likely that, I mean, if it was just a single... I mean, I know what kind of gun it is. I don't, sort of, I know what it is. I didn't look it up. I would bet money it's a revolver, because they don't drop their casings. They stay in the cylinder. Mr. Know-it-all over there. <laughs> well, no. Any, any, <laughs> if you've ever watched a Western, <laughs> if you've ever Bobby, watched any kind of Western. I literally just tried to, like, just you know, me, <laughs> just give me a hot second. Trying to goat you into defending yourself. <laughs> I'm just saying, semi. He is correct. Yeah, thank you. It they, is a revolver. Yeah, thank you. I agree with whatever he said. <laughs> At first, the police thought that this was gang related activity. Mafia. Okay. Because of how quickly it happened. It was and like, just, but then they. Like were, it was a hit? Yeah, like it was a okay. hit. It's just because his last name's Fabiano. I was literally like, thinking that. He's Italian. That. He must be tied in with organized crime. I was crap. so thinking Not all that. Italians are mobsters. They quickly realized that that wasn't the case, though. Are like, you maybe. Italian? No. Uh, that's why you got all hostile? <laughs> no, I'm very, I'm <laughs> Irish, but not associated with the Irish mafia, just to be clear. So let's take just a little step back before the shooting. Okay. Peter and Betty met in the 1940s. Betty had been divorced with two kids, and their marriage and life together had started in New York. If they met, he was obviously in New York. Right. Uh, I could see why I they could, would yeah. question whether or not he was associated with, That's with what organized crime. I was crime. also thinking. I, I never and said it was moved, a far-fetched idea. And then moved to California. Because, Italian or not, everyone in New York is involved with organized crime. <laughs> beyond that here. God. They had just moved to California the year before Peter was killed. Does it say why they moved? No. Okay. I mean, he owned a hair salon, so maybe he owned two. Just better business. He actually owned two hair salons. Were they hair salons or like barber shops? No, they were they were hair salons. Betty had told the police that from their room upstairs, it sounded as if there were two men at the door, but one of them was trying to sound like a woman. Weird. That is so weird. I yeah, I don't understand that though. Like. Just throw their voice, disguise their voice. Yeah. I can't even imagine. But if she could tell that it was a bad impersonation from upstairs, it had to have been like, Oh, Mr. Fabiano, what are you doing? (laughs) Just terrible. You can tell that it's a man. (laughs) I didn't think about it, but yeah, it had to have been horrible. Horrible. When Betty was asked if anyone hated Peter, she came back with the name Joan Rabble. So a woman. A woman. I was wondering, because he was shot in the chest, like, maybe you would think a dude, like, eye level would probably shoot him in the head. Depends on how close they were, I would think. I mean, they were at the front door. 
Joan was born 1917 in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. She was a writer and photographer about sailing around the Americas. So that's what she she sailed around. I don't the I Americas. Don't yeah, <laughs> we're doing South. it. Yeah. We're doing it. Yes, okay. she did. After her divorce, she had went to the salon, the, one of Peter's salons, looking for a job in 1957. Now, let me tell you, all of these things, all of these events happen in a short amount of time because they have to have happened between January and October of 1957. Okay. So that is only 10 months' time that all of this happens. Okay. Joan and Betty became quick friends. They were, like, inseparable. Joan was, at one point, even welcomed into the family. But Peter and Betty started having marital issues, so Betty moved in with Joan. Peter didn't really enjoy the fact that Joan and Betty were so close, but he also had a good reason to feel that way. Because when Betty decided she wanted to try to make her marriage work, Upon returning to her marriage, she had confessed to Peter that her and Joan were had actually been involved in a romantic relationship. Uh-oh. Peter took Betty back with the exception that she could never see Joan again. And that's when, clearly Joan was upset by this. She was in love with Betty. She met a woman named Goldine Pizer. Joan and Goldine started spending all of their free time together. It was assumed that Goldine was also a lesbian. Okay. And was also recently divorced. Okay. All of these things make sense. While they were spending time together, Joan would tell Goldine how Peter was an evil man, and he was her employer, and she would say things like um, that he was, like, beating... Betty and all this stuff, like she really like made Peter out to sound like a horrible human being. And like I said, Joan was so hurt by the fact that Betty had left her to go back to Peter that she had spent that time saying those things about Peter so that she could convince Goldine to go kill him. Oh, so, that's so what she's she not even after. gonna do the dirty work. No, Goldine said that quote. I had no motive personally. Whatever motive I had was to please Joan. I was always easily influenced. I have been impressionable and always trusting. So she went so along with it. It wasn't a man doing a terrible female impersonation. It was a woman doing a terrible man, man impression. <laughs> Interesting. Goldine. Then went and bought a thirty-eight Smith and Wesson. She got that she had gotten from a shop in Pasadena, telling the cashier she wanted it for personal protection. Which back then makes sense. I don't think they, you know, had extensive background checks and shit. No. She waited outside in a car Joan had borrowed from a different friend. How fucked up is that? That if the car got seen, it was she was framing this other friend. For it. It's even more fucked Jeez, up. Jeez, like, what the heck? She then approached the house after the Fabiano, Fabianos turned off their lights, you know, to, to let kids know that they were no longer handing out candy. 
wearing a superhero mask, she walked up, knocked on the door. At, she rang the doorbell. And when he answered, she just shot him. How did she know that Betty wouldn't have answered the door? That's like risky business. I'm well, assuming because it was so was, late. Considering she's Joan's new lover, she probably didn't give a damn who answered the door. True. I don't know. I feel like she probably would have shot Betty and then went upstairs and shot Peter too. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, like she wouldn't have cared. Goldine got rid of the gun in a storage locker of a Bullock department store in Los Angeles. With an anonymous, with an anonymous tip, police found the gun within two weeks. Goldine was then arrested in her Hollywood home. Upon her arrest, she said, quote, It's a relief to get it off my mind. So as soon as they arrested her, she literally just started talking. Yeah. A little later, like a little bit after Joan was, or Goldine was arrested, Joan was then arrested. Which, in the 1950s, I feel like it would have been harder to prove that it was all Joan's idea. Yeah, unless she confessed to it. Which, both women had to go through different like a few different psych evals to see if they were fit to stand trial because they were homosexual seriously it's the 1950s which like i said is fucked up like at that point pray the gay away was like oh i know i know i thought it was a mental condition there's actually there was actually a i'm pretty sure one of the American Horror Stories is about a lesbian couple, and one of them ends up in a, a insane asylum. asylum because of it. Gotcha. Because it took place right around this time period. Yeah. Mental health, you know, uh, treatment has come a long way. And right. And realized that gay is not a mental health condition. Right. It's not an illness. Yeah. Right. One of the psychiatrists reported about Goldine that, quote, the only thought she had was that she had saved her friend, Joan Rabble, from an evil person. Because that was what Joan was feeding her, was that Peter was just a horrible, evil human being. At first, both women pled not guilty. They would later change their plea. Goldine pled insanity, saying she was easily influenced. Oh, uh, that doesn't make you insane. No, it makes you, um... Naive? That was the word I was looking Too for. Too trusting? Yeah, not insane. Joan refused to talk during the trial, so I don't know if she confessed or not. How they got her, though, like, because technically, since she didn't buy the gun or pull the trigger or anything, unless she had confessed... she Well, she had to have pled guilty. Yeah, but... Which is a confession. I'm just saying they wouldn't have really had any evidence on her that she had, like, orchestrated the whole ordeal and it's not necessarily a confession because the alfred plea exists yeah but in the 1950s yeah they would have taken they would have taken it as a confession bitch pled guilty she did it joan was described as stony-faced and always had a strange smile yeah she looks kind of evil while in the courtroom after then stop looking at pictures of her for some reason and then goldine i was like really I know, it doesn't make any sense, but... And just saying, yeah. Betty's hot. I see that one. <laughs> She's a pretty lady. She, she was really she pretty. She was very attractive, so... But Joan, yeah, she looks not all there. 
like she reminds me you know that black and white movie with the two sisters or whatever yeah she looks like that kind of crazy i have no clue what you're talking about me either with betty davis um Oh, uh, the only thing I know about Betty Davis is apparently she had some eyes. She does have she, she does. has crazy eyes. <laughs> and, and my dad always says that I have her eyes and I'm like, Cool, so they're crazy. Awesome. Well, whatever they were, someone saw enough of a reason to make a song about them. So After the trial was over, both Goldine and Joan were charged with second degree murder and sentenced to five to five years to life. Five. That's a pretty That's, big yeah, gap there. Whatever happened to Baby Jane? Yes. That movie is insane. Never Love seen it. it. Me either. Love it. I might Smith to watch it with me. Yeah, with Betty Davis and Joan Crawford. Joan Crawford, yeah. Are you sure it wasn't 25 to life? No, it was five years to life. That is Yeah, wild. back then they would do like one, e- one to life, five to life. What? Yeah. Why even bother? Because it was like a way of like, it's almost like torture a little bit because you have absolutely no idea what your sentence actually is. Whether you're going to be there for a year or if you're going to be there until you die. 30 days to life. Yeah, I mean. New show on TLC. (laughs) That freaking prison that we talked about a while ago on our old haunted podcast. They... Oh, Ohio the, Reformatory. That's a lot of those guys got one year to life. That's bonkers. That is crazy. Goldine was released from prison and stayed in the Los Angeles area until she had died in 1998 at the age of 83. Um, Joan also got released. It doesn't say if or when, like, in, because no one really knows what happened to her after. The she fact. went into hiding. No, did we get a deathbed confession out of that woman? Mm-mm. And if you're wondering, Betty ended up selling the salons, both of them, and died in 1999 in the Palm Desert, uh, California area. And there's your conclusion. And none of them ever had contact with one another again, I guess? No. Uh, unless yeah, Joan like- and Betty did, it. no one knows where Joan went. Gotcha. Like, she was released, and then that that was that. She just vanished. Pretty much. I mean, that's what I would have done. Changed my name, got a new identity. I mean, it was easy to do back then, apparently. Yeah. Well, that's bananas. What kills me is Peter ended up sort of in a love uh, square that he was not even aware uh, of. Yeah. yeah, that he had no clue was happening around him. Really sad. All because... Some chick that you gave a job to fell wanted, in love with your wife. Wanted yeah. your wife. That is, it's sad for Goldine also. Yeah, because she got used by someone that she actually loved. I feel like, not gonna lie, and please don't come for me, but I feel like Betty was the one that got off the easiest. What did she do? Had a love affair? That's what I'm saying. She she didn't get off the easiest. She lost her husband. Yeah, she lost her husband. Had to explain that to her kid, live with the guilt of that. But, okay, I will tell you, because he died essentially because of her. her. But I feel like you guys uh, haven't thought of the possibility that Betty could have been helping Joan orchestrate the plan. Could have. It's possible. Could have, but innocent until proven guilty. Mm. I'm just saying... 
ultimately, Betty got to keep two hair salons that were thriving or sell them whenever she sold them. Yeah, but it's just speculation. (laughs) Well, I'm just saying, if you enjoyed today's episode, let us know. Don't forget to leave us five stars. Share it with your friends, your family, whoever. And uh, send us some case suggestions. We love getting them from you guys. We love hearing your feedback and hearing what you want to hear so we can cover those. So does anyone have any final thoughts about it? No. No. All right. Make sure you come back next week. See y'all later. Bye. 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 Bye.